Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Hello and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. Well, I know that some kids have already started school, some kids are still waiting to start, but we all know that starting school creates just a little bit of anxiety. And anxiety feelings are normal and expected in children and teens, especially when they're returning to school. It's also not uncommon for kids to become anxious if they're changing schools, or maybe they're starting kindergarten for the first time, going to middle school or high school. All these transitions can be stressful and disruptive, and it sometimes can affect the entire family. I always describe anxiety as something like a gas pedal. So we have to have a little bit of go to to get us moving. I had a lot of anxiety and still do, unfortunately, as, as an adult. But what I've learned from it is that it's okay to push the gas pedal so that you go. I really do attribute my anxiety to a lot of my successes. But it's also knowing when to press on the brake. And that, that is what can be hard for kids because worry is common. Worrying is very common. And anxious children and teens worry about very different school-related issues. They could be worried about the teachers, their friends. They could be worried about fitting in or even being away from their parents. And although it's normal for your child to have worries, it's also crucial to make sure that your child attends school, right? Skipping school only increases your child's fears because they don't get a chance to find out if their worries are valid. And furthermore, children and teens staying home because of anxiety, they miss so much opportunities to develop and practice social skills, chances to be successful in mastering things at school being able to acknowledge and be praised for their talents, fostering close relationships with classmates, and learning basic skills like reading, writing, and math, of course. But anxiety is hard for kids. It makes it tough during school. There's several different types of anxiety I want to go through. One is separation anxiety, basically their fear of separating from their caregivers. There's also social anxiety. They could be very self-conscious about being, you know, being able to make friends or having to participate in different activities during school. They can also show signs of generalized anxiety. They could worry about a number of things like school performance, especially perfectionism. That was one of my problems. They can also show some signs of obsessive compulsive disorder, like maybe to cope with their anxiety, they start to do things that are repetitive just to kind of almost mask their anxiety and try to cope with by doing these different rituals. There's also specific phobias, like maybe they're afraid of animals, or maybe they're afraid of different things like storms, for example. And there's also something called selective mutism. You may not have heard of this before, but it's where children have a fear of being able to talk in certain situations. Most of the time what happens is they can talk at home, but when they get to school, 
they have a hard time talking to their teachers and their classmates, and that's called selective mutism. And then there's panic disorders, a sudden intense moment of fear. And then also some kids that have anxiety with school could have chronic health problems. Maybe they have allergies or chronic pain and they're afraid. Maybe they're afraid to be different, afraid of, again, having to be in a social situation where they know they are dealing with their own chronic health problems. Now, one of the issues then with anxiety in school is that it can create attendance problems, right? Refusing to go to school. And this seems to be more common after a summer break or a holiday. And it's especially difficult for kids who have trouble separating from their parents. You might also notice disruptive behavior. They're acting out, throwing tantrums, having compulsive behavior, like kicking the chair of the child in front of them, or asking a lot of questions repetitively over and over because they're feeling worried and they want reassurance. They may have trouble answering questions, like they may know exactly the answer, they, they've been listening and so on, but they can't respond. They just freeze when they're called upon or they break eye contact with the teacher, for example. They'll avoid socializing or group work. So they'll refuse to participate in things that make them anxious, which makes sense. And these are things like presentations, gym class, even eating in the cafeteria, and they don't want to do group work. And they may appear uninterested or even unachieving. They are really afraid to make a mistake or be judged. Other issues might be frequent trips to the nurse or problems with certain subjects. Now, I bring all this up because what can, what can be confused sometimes is that they can have physical symptoms like stomach aches or headaches. They could have ADHD symptoms and act very restless or unable to focus. And teachers might think that they have ADHD, but really what is going on is it could be anxiety. And then with the panic attacks, as I mentioned, they could have those that trouble breathing, that heart racing, sweaty palms, etc. And so it's very important to kind of differentiate. I know as a pediatrician, sometimes when they come to see me and it's ADHD, I look at the big picture. Not only do I want to look for signs of ADHD, I want to look for signs of things like a learning disability, which of course makes them anxious. And then I also want to look for signs of anxiety, depression, and just general health and wellness. So how do we help our kids cope with school anxiety? First of all, take care of the basics. Are they getting enough sleep? Are they eating breakfast in the morning? I know it's a big deal for some kids to not have breakfast in the morning, and that is a muscle that needs to be practiced. Start slow. Don't expect them to eat a huge breakfast right off the bat. Just start with just something small every day and then increase it as time goes on. And before you know it, they're going to wake up and want and need that breakfast. Make sure they're getting exercise and that they're nourishing their body. 
I remember interviewing a um, nutritionist and um, school nutritionist who basically said, a hungry mind cannot learn. So we want to make sure we're covering the basics. And sleep is another one of those things that can mimic ADHD and anxiety. Because let's face it, I think we can all remember those days when we didn't get enough sleep and boy, every little thing kind of triggered and bothered us, right? So make sure, first and foremost, you take care of the basics. The other thing is you want to be empathetic as a parent or caregiver and show compassion versus being, you know, setting up strict rules or punishments. Listen to your child's concerns. What are they worried about? What does she expect to happen What in, in regards to their fears? Let your child share his or her fears and talk about what's on their mind. There's a lot of good opportunities to simply listen to your child. One of my favorites, especially as they got older, was in the car. I used to say, they can't walk away from me. <laughs> and the other thing is, we don't, they don't have to make eye contact with me too. But I didn't just automatically start interrogating my child when they got in the car. It's important that you just start the conversation and let them know that you are here to listen. I heard this once and I loved it. And it was like the three H's. When a child comes to you with their concerns, ask, do you want help? Do you just want to be heard or do you just need a hug? So help, heard, or need a hug. And those things are so important because sometimes they just want you to listen. And when you do, listen, because you're going to get all the answers that you need. Other things that you can casually talk like dinner time, of course, bath time for younger children, or even just standing in line at, at a store, for example. Some kids and teens have that, if it's a casual method of talking, it feels less intense and makes it easier for them to express themselves. Private time with undivided attention is also very important because the first step is identifying what is causing and what are the underlying issues of their anxiety. Remember I talked about the different things. Is it social anxiety? Is it performance? Is it just generalized anxiety? They're worried about so many things. Do they feel sad because they're separated from you? So talk openly about these feelings and mental health and be curious. Make decisions on emotions and mental health a part of everyday life at your house. Ask questions about school during moments when your child is calm. Here are some examples of some questions. So is there a person or at school who is scaring or bothering you? Is there a certain staff member or teacher who makes you feel uncomfortable? Who do they sit with at lunch? What is the loudest part of their day? You don't want to make, again, like, you child feel like you're interrogating them, but you can strive to give them a chance to make their feelings known so that they feel understood. Even young children could benefit from books that introduce them to different emotions and help name the emotions that, that they can identify for themselves. You want to check priorities. Sometimes the source of anxiety may start at home, and we all know that everyone has different attitudes when it comes to academic success. So it's understandable that you may have your own anxieties about your child's future and want the best for them. Grades and tests can feel very important, and it's easy to place more importance on them, 
more than they actually deserve. But recent study, I'm here to tell you, has actually found that a person's personality is the most accurate predictor of future success. So teaching your child healthy ways of dealing with this anxiety and pressure at a young age, they'll likely do more good for them than it will be just getting straight A's. Problem solve with them. So address your child's fear head on by creating an active plan with concrete solutions And these things will significantly reduce worry. So what I mean by that is have an active plan, kind of like when this happens, this, what can you do about it? What can you do? How can you change? I always try to tell kids and parents, we don't, we can't control everything, every situation or circumstance, but we are a hundred percent in control of our thoughts our feelings, and our actions towards them. And so I want to say that again. There are circumstances, there are certain things that happen that we cannot control, but we can control how we respond to them. So once you have an understanding of what your child is afraid of, develop that coping plan to address their fears and encourage your child to redirect their attention away from their worries and towards things that are positive. So start getting them to think, what are three things that you are most excited about school? And most kids can think of at least one thing that's good, even if it's just eating a special snack or going home at the end of the day. Chances are there are fun aspects of school, but they're simply getting overlooked by repetitive worries. Also, pay attention to your own behavior. Children take cues from their parents. So the more confidence and calm you can model, the more your child will believe that they can handle this. They can handle this new hurdle, this new year of school. Be supportive, but firm. When saying goodbye, say it cheerfully. You want to show some reassurance, but don't reward your child's protests, their crying, their tantrums, by allowing him to stay home. Instead, in a very calm tone, say, I can see that going to school is making you scared, but you still have to go. Tell me what you're worried about so we can talk about it. And when all else fails, get help from an expert. Talk to your pediatrician, therapist, school administrators, school counselors. By all means, I'm as a pediatrician myself, I want to help others be able to deal and cope and identify the underlying issues that could be going on. So some takeaways. Having anxiety about school is very common. But we don't want it to lead to school avoidance, refusal, or other anxious behaviors. Identifying the root cause so that you can address this at home and at school. And one of the best things you can do is to develop ways of communicating to help your child feel safe and open to share their feelings with you. School anxiety can come from, like I mentioned, generalized anxiety, separation, or even other mental health conditions. So it It could be worth working with a therapist or your school's social worker to create that anxiety action plan, as I mentioned. Don't be afraid to get resources and ask for help. And speak to your child's pediatrician or doctor if you're concerned about the level of school anxiety that they're experiencing. Thanks for listening to another episode of Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. 
If you enjoyed this episode and think the information shared here today could benefit someone else, take a screenshot of the episode and post to your Instagram story. Make sure you tag us at Growing Up With Dr. Sarah so we can spread the word about the show and continue to grow in our mission to support as many parents and families as possible. Hey, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or would like to suggest a topic, please visit www.growingupwithdrsarah.com slash contact. Thanks again for spending time with us today. Stay tuned for a brand new episode next week as we continue to grow up together.